I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Dobry večer and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast with Piet Coleman and Travis Doe. Cześć nowy rok. Happy New Year, and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast for the new year of 2016. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. And I'm Travis Dow from the History of Germany Podcast. Every year at this time, we here at the Bohemian Podcast and the History of Alchemy Podcast like to take stock of what we've tried to accomplish in our shows, as well as highlight what other aspirations we may have for the new year. Travis, we had a very busy 2015 and year three of both of our shows. We also started some new other podcast offshoots dealing with Germanic history and various other historical podcast collaborations. Yeah, we continued with the audio versions of the Bohemian program. We added a new YouTube channel. We collaborated with several other podcasting networks and podcast shows. And um, there's, yeah, there's guest episodes from Bohemian out there. And we've had people on this show and vice versa. And we've started a couple new shows um, in English and German covering the history of Germany. And I translate The Secret Cabinet from German, which is which is really great. A super and, interesting show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even and even listening to this show, you might you might have noticed that there's an advertisement there. And that's because we are a member of the Agora Podcast Network. And so if you run out of these shows, you know, we Pete and I have several other shows, but if you run out of all those shows, um, there's more history podcasts if you go to agorapodcastnetwork.com. There's like American Biography, there's History of the Papacy, um, Ten American Presidents, there's a lot of good History of England's there. Very um, varied stuff, right? Yeah, you so know, there's, all, ki- there's yeah. all kinds of cool stuff there. So, um, you know, we, we hope, we really do hope that you guys don't mind the ads too much. They are um, on a campaign basis, so they're not permanent. That all, They'll automatically drop off for a while. So actually, you might not know what I'm talking about right now. Um, and it really does help with, you know, kind of um, figuring out what we can do and open options for what we can do uh, with the show next, especially in terms of like video and uh, books and, and you know, other medium media and get these stories out there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a free podcast. You you we don't we don't ask for anything. So we hope you don't mind either. Yeah, we enjoy doing it, actually, you know, and uh, there are different avenues to help support the show if you want to on this basis, but we do it for free, and, and uh, uh, hopefully we do bigger and better things, you know, we can do some uh, uh, some some interesting sort of uh, tangents of what we want to do with the YouTube channel or uh, you name it. So uh, there's different avenues of ways you can support, but feedback is usually the best for us. We like your feedback. Uh, but, you know, we also continue with Travis's program on the history of alchemy while changing podcast hosting for all of our shows. So in that sense, it's been a very productive year. 
Uh, more importantly, we produced all of these shows following Travis's move back to America. That's, Travis, it's been exactly a year now. It's been That's, exactly a year that you left Prague you know, Santa Clara, California. Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it's been a crazy year, I'm sure, for you acclimating back to North America. And, uh, um, you know, so that's been its own little challenge. And um, to, to be able to record the podcast that we have done with a nine-hour time difference right now, it's uh, approaching 11 p.m. my time, and uh, you're just kind of getting ready for lunch. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So, you know, Santa Clara and Prague are very, very far apart. But uh, we're finding a way to do this, and I, I think, uh, um, you know, it takes a little bit of extra effort, but uh, it's something we enjoy doing. So in retrospect, Travis, uh, I think I, I'm happy with most of what we've done so far. Our video endeavors to expand our reach to a whole new group of audience on the Bohemian Podcast followers with our YouTube channel. You know, we did we were able to produce a few episodes in 2015. That being said, we have a ton of, fo- of footage moving forward, ranging from Czech festivals to hockey championships here held in Prague in the early part of 2015 and other historical reenactments. While we love doing the podcast and we will continue to do the podcast because, um, for one thing, they're just easier to do. So, they're, you know, we can uh, get them out more often and, and therefore, you know, share more history with you. But what the YouTube channel really does is it kind of adds this, obviously, a visual um, sense to the amazing stories, because um, if you've never been to Prague or the Czech Republic before, it's really hard to visualize, you know, all the just the the medieval towns and the cobblestone streets. So this way we can actually show you. And um, so, yeah, so instead of this replacing the podcast, we are, you know, we want to have another avenue and have additional content that comes out to the YouTube channel uh, you know, to kind of reach a, a different audience or kind of show the same thing in a different way. So, yeah, I mean, we we have really good stuff coming up. I'm really looking forward to the footage from uh, our time in Pilsen that we went for the World oh, War II right. Liberation <laughs> Festival. Like, there's a lot of great stuff coming up that I know you're working on and editing. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for that. And, you know, there's there's links to the YouTube channel. Either look for Bohemian it's called Bohemian Channel or Bohemian Podcast Channel or something like that. Exactly. Um, and, yeah. Or you can go to our website, bohemian.com, and, and find that. There's that. links all mm-hmm. over the place. Yeah, totally. So, you know, so yeah, I've had this episode kind of in the editing queue for several months for the majority of the year in 2015. I want to apologize because we, you know, um, our goal was not it was to crank these things out, but you know, with Travis's move to California and I made a move to a new flat here in Prague, uh, towards the second part of the year, it, it life has been really hectic. <laughs> and for those of us that have this as a hobby uh, and not so much a job along with our other jobs, it, it becomes a, a challenge to do, even though we love it very much. So we're hopefully going to try to get back on track this year to uh, get those get the message about what it's like to be an expat living in. Czech Republic, uh, and also dive on in more t- to some of the uh, stories we hadn't covered yet in the history of alchemy. But you know, I I think one of the, it was such a great time. We talked about Pills and Travis. Um, it was like a time machine. We went back to uh, the Liberation Festival uh, in Pilsen when the uh, celebrating the American liberation of the town uh, in 1945, and everyone was in period costumes, and you saw Sherman tanks coming down the boulevard, and there was period music. And as a matter of fact, Travis even dressed in his period clothing from his grandfather. Is that right, buddy? Yeah. I'm, that was your grandfather's uniform. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was, so I, I had already taken it to the States, but I brought it back to Europe um, to just wear for that one occasion. I'd, I'd never really put it on before, but it fit perfectly. And so, yeah, I showed up in my grandfather's uniform 
and he fought in the Pacific Theater. So it didn't, you know, the 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 patches and everything didn't quite, or the insignia didn't quite match, um, you know, the European theater. But I think you were called out on that by some of those hardcore reenactors. You're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> well, yeah. I think you, you had a three day three day beard. I think that you were growing. They're oh, like, that no. that was worse than that. The you crossed yeah. the line. Yeah, that crossed the line. Yeah, but then when they found out that it was the you know a genuine article, then you know that was pretty cool. And that I think just even even that kind of opened some doors. Um, yeah, you know, we talked to Helen Patton, so that's on the you know uh, uh, General Patton's granddaughter, so that's on the YouTube channel or or will be. So yeah, just just some great stuff. But some of the other videos we have coming up, like I know you took you took a flight and got some great footage from where where did you go when you when you took that airplane uh, ride? Benishoff, uh, very very okay. close to yeah. very close to uh, Karlstein and an airport that was on top of a hill. Um, oh, as, did, did, did you see Car- Did you see Karlstein from the I airport? I did. It yes. was amazing. Oh, it was it was yeah. so it was me and my ten year old son Nathaniel, and we were in this little Cessna airplane. And I, we came to this like little, you know, it looked like a cow pasture and, and this guy pulls up in the Cessna and he goes, okay, you guys ready? I'm like, uh, where's the runway? Yeah. You're looking at it, man. It's just basically grass and it just jumps oh, yeah. off right off the edge of the, of a, of a flattened mountain. So that was, uh, interesting. Wait a minute. I, you know what? I took it cause I used to, when I, when I worked for a, com- a company that sold like aviation equipment, we, we, like my boss took me to a little tiny field like that. Yeah. I know. I'm wondering if it was the same one because it was just like, yeah, it was just, a, you know, just a lawn, basically just a little, you know, field of grass. And it's like, all right, here we go. And it's like, and then off we go. It was but, loud. I mean, we yeah, had our yeah. headsets on. And, and so I gave my son the camera and the video camera. We passed it back and forth from the back awesome. to the front seat. Yeah. Um, and it was like the height of uh, the fall foliage. So it was just a perfect time to do that. And, and so, you know, we, we took uh, the sites around uh, what is really west of the city of Prague. Uh, to some major key points of castles, uh, Karlstein, Krivoklat, uh, Kamopiste castles were some of those. Uh, um, the canyon, the canyon known as uh, American Canyon. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. Yeah, is there? It was a, is a you know basically an area for gravel and those type of things, um, and uh, a place that they used to film um, movies to pretend it was the Grand Canyon in America. So it, I've been to these places on the ground since moving here, but I've never been to them from the air. And it was absolutely amazing. And we have a little bit of, fo- of footage from that uh, mixed in with some of my photography. So some still shots that will come to give you an idea about what that was like. It's an amazing journey from the air. You know, I also wanted to piece together uh, the sights and sounds from the journeys across the Czech Republic this year in a, in a real small touring video to kind of go along with the touring journal that I have on the bohemican.com website. And again, I have a ton of footage from that Um uh, that we shot the video along with uh, photography, my other passion that I have here, uh, to share with our audience about the life in Southern Moravia, Central and South Bohemia, as well as other, uh, as well as other several points in between. You know, and looking ahead, Travis, to 2016, we both have a vision into our World War One series, The Great War, The Czech Experience. Um, we started this this series last year because now we are in the centennial of World War One. Because you know we're in the middle of the centennial of the the first Great War or the Great War World War One, and um, the Czechs played a really interesting role. There's a couple episodes that are related to this coming out, and then also directly after World War One because Czechs fought on both sides of the war. Czechs were not independent yet, but many. Um, did leave the Austro-Hungarian Empire and fought, you know, for the Russians, for for the Allies, 
Um, just, just really interesting stuff. So there was a really complicated time for them, I'd say. And so obviously we're going to cover some, some of the major battles where Czechs did fight, like, you know, such as Verdun and the Somme and, and Upere, where, like, uh, you actually went to recently. I went there so. this year. I absolutely, I went to Ypres and, and um, it was a moving experience. It was an absolutely moving experience to be at places uh, Passchendaele, for once, where the where the, where the uh, Canadians had their first taste of mustard gas and died by the right. thousands, yeah. um, and to see to see the um, the fields of uh, pristine uh, white crosses, um, and um, it, it was it was really amazing. I highly recommend that, especially during the centennial, for those people that can come to Europe. Um, to you know, pay your respects and 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 really kind of feel about what the Great War was like by by seeing some of these places, um, and there were a lot of checks at this particular battle, but they were embedded in in, in like you said, Travis, both sides of of the Triple Entente, and then you know also uh, the, mm-hmm. the Germany and and uh, Austro-Hungarian sides. So uh, it was a complicated time for them, and that's kind of why we wanted to you know get into the centennial podcast sort of atmosphere with this because everyone's doing a show on the centennial basically. And I think that the Czech experience is very unique. Uh, we already have done four shows uh, on this series and the fifth one coming up will be uh, the battle of Dukla. Uh, the first battle of Dukla, not to be confused with the world war two battle of Dukla. And uh, that happened in 1914 going into the winter of 1915 in the Carpathian mountains. And Travis, it was an absolute bloodbath. Uh, it over, is overshadowed by many of these other epic battles that you had just mentioned in World War I, such as Verdun and the Somme. Uh, but it really stands alone as the first basically punch in the mouth that this will not be a very quick end to the war. And um, one of the things that really stood out to me during the research of the Battle of Dukla was um, how mismanaged it was by the Austro-Hungarian Empire and how there was no materiel for them. The manpower was not was mismanaged during some of the harshest right. winter conditions that you might not even have seen until maybe the Battle of the Bulge. Uh, this was really, really bad. And the Austrian army, where most of the Czechs were embedded, had to really kind of, you know, um, battle through this. It really soured them, Travis. It soured them on this, on on being part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. If it, if, if, it was, if they weren't soured beforehand, this basically led to a great deal of people leaving the yes. army and jumping over to the Russians. This is a really interesting time for the Czechs in general because, uh, and Slovaks because after World War I is the first time they would get their independence in the Czechs case for 300 years and the Slovaks case basically forever or like, you know, you could argue for 800 years. Um, but it's a really interesting time. And what leads up to this, this, you know, Czech independence did not just occur in a vacuum or just to punish the Austrians, but there was obviously a movement for this. And we've discussed that. Um, you can even find hints of this pre-World War One if you listen to our hockey series, ironically enough, or, you know, funnily enough, um, or the... The episode on the Sokol movement, which is this gymnastics movement that had, you know, these militaristic sort of undertones because uh, they weren't allowed to have a military. And then it's yeah, it's a great springboard for uh, we have several episodes planned for the First Republic, which is uh, what they call, you know, their first um, Czechoslovak independent state before the Nazis took over and then, you know, before the communists took over after that. So this, you know, this was a, a democratic republic. 
with uh, actually strong American ties, which is really interesting. So we'll talk about that. And really, you know, art and culture flourished in that time. So we'll talk about Mucha and um, even about Kafka and how he's a great, you know, he's slightly before, I guess, but, but you know, a counterexample to um, Czechs at the time. Um, but there's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff coming up. So, and then... Um, we barely even scratched the surface for, for Bohemian. If if you do run out of those episodes, this will be a, a, another big year for the History of Alchemy podcast. And for the History of Germany, actually, you can join Pete and myself uh, very soon. We're going to do a show together on the Frisians because Pete's done a lot yes. of uh, family <laughs> research on the history of the Frisians for, you know, for your own family, basically, for your own, right. uh, your the, own the history. Colmans. The Colmans and, and Zimmermans were all from Ostfriesland. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I got a chance to go there this year, Travis, uh, in 2015. Uh, to go find my roots for about a week. And and it was absolutely another amazing trip that I made, something I've been waiting to do for 10 years. And um, uh, the Frisians were a very unique, democratically focused tribal system that led the way yeah. and tried to hold on to their um, – well, there's a saying that the Frisians are, are never slaves. They're, never, they're, never, they're always free. And um, there's a reason for that saying, that they never were quite – Absorbed into the the Prussian or Germanic or uh, uh, sort of uh, yeah, the, sphere, the, the feudal system. Know. They just they yeah. shunned. They made they shunned fun it. of knights. They made fun of. They saw any sort of castle, even even a stone house that was too big. They would see that as a sign of a, of uh, aristocracy, and they would you know shun that person, shun that merchant, whoever you know built that as a you know it's like too defensive. It's like a castle. You're and it was just like this really egalitarian society, and they voted, and it was democratic, like you said, and really interesting stuff. At the exact same time, when the Franks are really setting the feudal system into motion, and you know, which would change the next five hundred years and and oh, and beyond, you know, of Europe, and the Frisians really held out and were a good counterexample to this. So, you know, I, I'm really yeah. interested in in being part of this show, Travis, because. You know, my my ancestry is is connected to it, and I got to see it up close and personal about what it was like for them. Um, if you were to talk to my ancestors, they were for, really uh, considered to be very poor Moor folk um, that were considered what they call colonists, and they would just kind of you know go in and try to farm the best they could in in you know water soaked swamp like land. Yeah. Uh, peat farmers or, you know, sharecroppers of some sort. And um, a lot of them left for the United States on these mass, you know, uh, you know, migrations uh, in the mid uh, 19th century going into the 20th century. And um, a lot of that history has been lost for a lot of people. So mm -hmm. um, this should be a very interesting show for many German Americans that can trace their ancestry back to that part of Germany. Yeah, yeah. Frisians are not actually like the dialect they speak now is not what they originally spoke. Even in the Middle Ages, they they still had a I guess it was a West Germanic dialect, but not related to the Angles or Saxons, you know, anybody else that was around. You know, Travis, you know, you, you touched on it. Maybe you can go a little bit more further into it, you know, with the history of alchemy. You know, we've, we've continued to dig a little bit deeper into lesser known players and the alchemical discoveries, as well as, you know, better known so, golden era of alchemy, right? Yeah, but what, what do have, we have on tap for this year? So I still have some big names ahead of us uh, for this year. Um, there's some, some actually some really important alchemists I haven't talked about yet, and I'm not going to mention who it is because I might not get to some of them until 2016, but uh, 2017. Um, but yeah, some some really important ones and some really interesting people, uh, like famous uh, historical figures that were seen as of uh, by of alchemists. I, I found a, I found some good books about some of those. Um, 
uh, like, you know, for instance, to say like, oh, Moses was an alchemist or Cleopatra was an alchemist. Um, that's all great. But uh, what, you know, by like who says that and for what reason and that sort of thing. So I found I found a lot more of that sort of stuff and stuff on that. So um, we'll talk about some of the legendary like legends of alchemy. Um, a lot of them that didn't even come around until the Renaissance, really. But, like, you know, some in- interesting stuff. So we'll go down a couple different roads on the history of alchemy. Um, yeah, the history of, of Germany in general. I, I just ended, just now, a couple days ago, I ended the Germans and Romans miniseries. It was a nine-part miniseries on, you know, the the the... The part of history where Germans and Romans were neighbors until the Germans finally, you know, did away with the Romans and and um, became the Germanic kingdoms that we all know. So that's about where I am. I'm in the early Middle Ages. We're going to start, you know, with the Frisians, like we mentioned, but then also kind of work our way. We'll go through the Lombards and then slowly to the Franks and Saxons and and from the Franks to Charlemagne. And, you know, then it, it really then it, then the history of Germany really starts, I would say. So the history of Germany is really starting in 2016. Because for for those that don't know, we started with Neanderthals and Homo Heidelbergensis. So you know we had a, we had ways to go to get to the early Middle Ages. Even that's great, you know. And and Travis, you and I had had several you know meetings uh, via phone about what we wanted to do uh, to kind of color the show a little bit more and and give um, our listeners something to either a physically take home with them um, or figure out what we wanted to do to kind of uh, give us uh, an edge or something that's new to our programs. And one of our, you know, our many listeners have, have, have brought forth to the attention that they really like what we We've done so far with the uh, website bohemican.com and adding the apparel store uh, to our respective websites and to the History of Alchemy website. Uh, T-shirts, hats, you name it, anything that's there that it can help you support uh, to help support our show by by wearing what we have out there um, is is uh, is helpful. Um, and you can do that by visiting the website, and you can order from the North American or European e-shops that we have set up. You know, um, we also have our book endeavors. That- we're working to get on Amazon. Travis already has his alchemy uh, yep. reader that's out there. No, wait a minute. Right? Reg- regarding the T-shirts really quick, I just wanted to add that. Um, so thank you because apparently – so there's people out there running around with Bohemican and History of Alchemy T-shirts. And they I, should be. <laughs> I just, I just found, nice. I just found this out like yesterday. I, I bought a couple, but those don't show up in the, you know, the, the commissions report kind of thing. Um, but w- someone actually we, – we actually sold – um, I don't remember. Was it like 10, 10 to twenty t-shirts? It was like a hoodie, t-shirt, sweatshirts, whatever. Um, but I, but I checked and like, there's definitely Bohemian ones there too. So um, there are people Very somewhere. Nice. So to those people that bought a t-shirt, actually, like past tense that already happened, thank you very much because that's awesome. We I, we barely even mentioned it. I think I mentioned it almost as a joke once or twice that hey, we have t-shirts, you know, haha. But <laughs> someone actually like that's awesome. So. Um, that that does actually really help um, uh, yeah, us a I lot. Think, I so think you bought one. Lot. You bought something like a dog warmer for your dog. Is that there's, is that what you yeah, have? Yeah, there's out? like a there's like a <laughs> you can get a history of alchemy handkerchief basically that you know. So oh yeah oh yeah so I'm, I made yeah, my dog fantastic. a model for the for the shop. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, going back to our book ideas, um, you know, Travis, you do have a book already on Amazon uh, for uh, representing the history of alchemy show and uh it's kind of a reader it's it's uh, something kind of give you a a basis to what's going on with the history of alchemy and some of the things we've talked about you know there's a, some uh there's a work in progress that i'm doing right now with uh check castles and uh, so we keep a lookout on for that as well you can also visit my website on photography which most of it 
is uh, Czech Republic and Prague shots that I've taken through the course of four years here. And that's on ColemanPhotography.com. And uh, that's something that you might want to take a look at if you want to get a little bit more ideas about what uh, the beauty is here in the Czech Republic. You have the uh, you have some shots from the battle reenactments up there. Oh, I have I have hundreds. I only pick like maybe yeah. twenty to put on there. Those are uh, great. Yeah, some I have those heard, are just fantastic. Yeah, there, there's we have uh, World War II Tank Day. We've got the Battle of Bilahora. I've got the Battle of Austerlitz. Um, uh, yeah, man, it's just all over the place. Napoleonic battles to you know uh, uh, some crazy stuff. There are so many reenactors in this country. It's insane. Czechs love to reenact. I always thought it was kind of an American thing when you see Civil War reenactors. But no, these folks live it, breathe it, eat it, and um, they're very passionate about it. And it's been really kind of neat to talk to them, uh, take uh, uh, photographic or video shots of them. I did get a lot of video on the Battle of Bilahora reenactment this year. Um, so you'll be seeing that on the YouTube channel. Um, so hopefully, you know, if I can get my act together, we can get a lot of this stuff on the YouTube channel right away and get the book done um, and uh, keep working on the photography so you get a chance to share what I see with my own eyes living here in Prague as an American expat. Um, and we will try our, to do our best to reach all those very lofty goals for 2016. So, Travis, before we wrap up the show tonight, can you cover some of our other collaborative efforts that we have with other podcasters okay. from around the globe? Yeah, because we're part of the, I mean, you know, History of Podcasters, it's, it's really, we're kind of an interesting bunch. Like, just if you want to hang out with us, like, I mean, 50 of us at once, there's like 50 History Podcasters that hang out at um, History Podcasts, the, the Facebook group, and it's all caps. So there, you know, it's just tons and tons of people there. Again, like there's... Um, the Agora Podcast Network has a Reddit, which is just getting started, honestly. But, you know, so there's a Reddit presence there, um, which was kind of lacking before. I don't think his, the History Podcasters Network did much with Reddit. Um, but so that all, you know, in the future, there'll be like some Ask Me Anythings. You can come and interview certain history podcasters, probably even, you know, myself and Pete there at, at some point. Uh, you know, Pete and I are really helping to get all this going and, and really helping with these networks. So we're, we're, you know, we're proud members. We're doing our best to make it all happen. So we do appreciate all of you guys that come and stop by, come and, you know, uh, look up Agora Podcast Network on Facebook or Reddit and, you know, just just say what's up. And uh, hey, if you say that, you know, you heard about him on Bohemican, that's even extra double bonus points for us, you know, so that's that's really good. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we've we've had a lot of fun. We've just my second to last History of Germany episode was with Jamie Redfern, who's a he just finished his MA on in history. He wrote his thesis on the fall of Rome or some of the Roman strategies and tactics during the fifth century. So I had him on the show for the history of Germany, even though he's the host of the history of the United States. Um, but j just a couple episodes before that, I talked about um, the conversion of Germanic peoples, especially Goths and, and you know, the um, earlier conversions to Christianity from the pagan religions. And so I had Steve Guerra on the show who does the History of the Papacy podcast and is also an Agora podcast member. Um, and then, you know, we did a guest episode for the History of England podcast and let's not, um, yeah, let's not forget our, our Texas buddies um, that, from we, Come and Take It. We right? talked about, yeah, so five of us, because they got three co-hosts, we have two. So five of us got together and talked about Czechs, like the Czech immigration to Texas in the 19th century. Like if you go to podcastnik.com, somewhere I track all of those. Uh, like, you know, if you want to hear more from us and you've listened to all of our episodes, you can go, go to podcast, Nick and go click on other collaborations. And then you'll see all the guest shows we've done various places. 
So, sure. but- and you talk about metrics, Travis. You know, that's one thing that uh, we've been trying to, to to get to know you as listeners about what you want and where you come from. One thing that using Google Analytics, I, I just think was just amazing to see that we have so many listeners from around the world that that uh, either want to travel to Czech Republic, have connection. Um, through family members uh, in the Czech Republic, uh, being being a very small Central European country, it, it really surprises me. But we've got a huge listenership uh, in Scandinavia for for maybe several reasons. I don't know why. Uh, we welcome them to be there. We have you know a growing. Um, it's because they stole the devil's Bible, Pete. <laughs> it's the- they did. They did set, you, try to sack Prague a couple times. Damn sweet sweets. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, I mean. Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so I think you know, it is interesting. We get a lot of folks from Great Britain that listen and tune in. I think because we have there's it's just notorious how many uh, wonderful Brit travelers come to Czech Republic and Prague in particular to see the sites uh, that we have here. So um, I think that you know that explains a lot. But again, from around the world, from Egypt to to Japan, uh, it, it is you know really an amazing thing for us to kind of see that there's that kind of reach when you get into podcasting that you can reach so many people. And we want to thank for all that. And, and, and Travis, I want to thank you, buddy, for all your work uh, in 2015. I know it's been a year of massive transition for both of us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just been an adjustment here and there to try to be able to continue with the show. But I, I see bright things ahead of us for 2016 and beyond. And it should be a great year for both our podcast endeavors. You know, we want to send a sincere thank you and a heartfelt thank you, of course, to our listeners and viewers around the world. And, and uh, um, you know, we really appreciate your feedback that you give us. And Travis and I talk about it all the time. We send back and forth messages, and, and uh, it, it really kind of lets us know that what we're doing does matter and uh, that it's something that we enjoy doing and that we can help other people enjoy the subjects that we like. Um, and we hope that you um, continue listening and viewing what we do. So for Travis Dow, I'm Pete Coleman saying goodnight from Prague and Santa Clara, California. You have been listening to the Bohemican Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dow. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes, and much more information about history, traditions, and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, and review, and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas, and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemican Podcast, thank you for listening. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs> 